it's like am i worthy of doing this or not as long as you're that source and the educator i feel like you can be successful in almost anything in real estate so the question is this how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves that's the question and this podcast will give you the answer hi i'm aaron amuchastegui and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Muchastegui, and today I'm super excited to get to interview Andres Bustamante. So Andres is on the, the Nino team in Austin, Texas with Keller Williams. But the cooler part about this is, is Andres and I have had a few different you know, kind of fun stories that we got to share. So he'll, he's going to tell you that he was a listener of the, of the podcast for a really, really long time. And also when I bought my house a uh, little over a year ago, the, and he was working with a guy said, Hey, go drop off the keys. He came to drop off the keys and I answered the door. And uh, both of us were, he was a little shell shocked that we had, uh, you know, that we had kind of known each other, but not. So fun stories. And he's crushing it as an agent out there. So he's been an agent for five years, but in just the last two years has really blown up his business. He already has as much in contracts for 2021, pretty much as all the sales that he did in 2020. So last year we talked to him. I said, Hey, when you get to this, we're going to bring you on the show already first few months into the year. It's like, Hey, I'm, I'm on pace to crush those numbers. Let's get him on here. So, Hey man, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Aaron. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So the, so you got your license five years ago. When did you start listening to our podcast? So I started listening to the podcast about a year and a half ago when okay. I graduated from college and I didn't really know if I wanted to do a W9, a W2, sorry, or a 1099. Yeah. So you started listening to the pod. Any other good real estate agent podcasts out there you were listening to, or is this your favorite? Of course, this is my number one. <laughs> That's the only right answer. That was a that was right? a trick. That was a trick question. I know. You're about to cut the recording. I yeah. I saw your finger right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was ready. So the so let's so tell everybody about so you got your license five years ago, but I know your story is a little bit unique. So tell us about that. Why did you get your license five years ago? What was your first year like? So I got my license five years ago because I started university at the University of Texas at Austin when I was 19. And I really wanted a job so that my parents wouldn't have to worry about paying for college or paying for any other of my expenses. I originally was going to be a lifeguard, but my license had expired for that. So I decided to do real estate because it was on my based on my own time. And also I could make as much money as I worked for. So if I worked hard, I would get enough money. So freshman, sophomore year, was getting the ropes for as a, ropes as a leasing agent. Junior year, through all the people that I had met, I was able to make a $1.1 million sale. That was amazing. Opened my eyes to the big commissions that I could be getting. Yeah. So that junior and senior year, I was actually able to pay for all of my college with the money I made from leasing agencies. Dude, so, so you signed up to, you, to become an agent really because you were looking for a job. You were like, hey, I need, I need a job to pay my bills. What's a job where I can make my own hours? And like real estate came up. So you did that. And then mo how, what's a, what is a leasing agent? So when you, became a, when you got licensed and became a leasing agent, for people that don't know what that is, tell them, tell them what that is and what those sorts of commissions look like. Of course. So with UT Austin, there are about 50,000 students. And most of those students are renting apartments. 
So essentially, it's like if someone's looking for a home, but instead to rent. So as a leasing agent, I would bring the clients to the apartment complex. The apartment complex would see that I brought them. And usually in Austin, West Campus, which is the area where, where all students are, the apartment complexes pay about a $400 to a $500 fee per bedroom. So if I did a four bedroom, two bathrooms, I'd get around $2,000. Okay. So the, so how did you... So how did you get those leads? So would you meet people in class and say, hey, let me let me help you find an apartment or, or what happened? I would seriously just sit next to new people all the time in class because I love meeting new people and just start talking to them. And from there, turns out it's like they did this, I did that. And someone someone that they knew or they themselves were looking for an apartment to rent. So through that, then through all of the organizations that I was in, I was in business fraternity, a social fraternity on the UT soccer team. And from there, it just started a snowball effect. That junior year, I had so many clients and then referrals from those clients that it was just amazing. And it opened my eyes to the power of real estate. The UT soccer team, we'll have, we'll have more to talk about later with, with some of that fun stuff. So I didn't realize that as a leasing agent, you could get 2000 bucks a, a deal for it. Like, especially when you're talking to students, like you're sitting down meeting somebody in class. They're like, Oh yeah, me and my roommate are looking for a new apartment. You're like, Hey, let me, int- let, let me represent you on that. Or let me help you. You go get the deal done. That's like 2000 bucks. That's not bad. It, it was amazing. And I, it really helped me with my negotiation skills, talking to clients, talking to tenants really helped expand kind of my, the, the real estate that I was looking to do once, once I graduated, which was full-time residential, in hindsight, this leasing for four years really helped me to know how to talk to people, know how to negotiate and whatnot. So I was very thankful for that time. And I mean, it was great money as a part-time student. Dude, what a story. So how much money did you make your first year or your second year doing it? Because this is, I mean, it's totally part-time. So you're a full-time student, but on the side, you're showing these. So do you remember how much you made your first year and your second year? So first and second years... I didn't make much. I was getting the hang of things and I, my mindset wasn't really the best mindset back okay. then. So junior year, I made about 40K and senior year, I made like 50K. Dude, that's crazy as, a, as part, <laughs> part-time doing insane. leasing. So your first, so you got really good at it by the third year and you're like, holy cow, I'm making as much money while I'm going to school as some of the people you went to school with were going to make right? Some of the people you graduated with, they're making 40 or 50 grand a year right now. And you were making that already. So what, what would you have done different your first couple years? So I always ask people like, what do you wish you would have known your first year? It's never really about, you know, this sort of a, of a journey, which you have such a cool journey of of doing that. But what do you wish you would have known your first year, your second year, or if somebody is like a freshman in college, they're thinking about doing this, like what advice would you give them? I would definitely say to switch your mindset to maybe I'm not worthy of doing this because I'm too young. But that mindset of, you know what, I know my stuff and I know that I am a resource so that people can get the best apartment complex possible based on their criteria. I feel like for me, it would have just been a mindset shift. I feel like it's about the same when people are getting into luxury. It's like, am I worthy of doing this or not? As long as you're that source and the educator feel like you can be successful in almost anything in real estate. Yeah. So it's all, it sounds like you're almost having some of your first couple of years, you're almost having that imposter syndrome type Doubt, thing that we yes. get where you're like, I don't really want to tell people this or I don't want to 
Like, what if I'm wrong? What if I do a bad job or I can't believe I'm going to get paid? So it's almost like not feeling worthy of getting the $2,000 paycheck. So instead of asking, you just didn't. Yeah, I was like 19 and taking families on tours, like kids with their parents, students with their parents. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. People are like, yeah, way older than me. You're like, please trust me on this. because <laughs> the. Uh... So did you tell people, hey, I'm new at this? I mean, you were because they obviously knew you were young. So what, how did you how did you get over that hump or were, did they ever ask you like, Hey, do you know what you're doing? Junior and senior year? Nobody asked me because I knew right away what to expect. And also every apartment complex, I was very close with the property managers. So anyone that told me their criteria, I could tell them their top three choices and they would choose one of those three apartment complexes. So it was really the confidence. I grew way more confident in myself and people can see that. Yeah. So you, you empowered yourself with knowledge. Like, so the more, the more you figured out, the more, so at the beginning, your first year or two, you were giving them the best answers that you had, but you weren't necessarily confident in your own answers. By your junior year, you knew you were right. Like you knew that these were their three best. You got more confident with that. That's 100% correct. Dude, I can't believe you paid for your college while you were going to college, just doing leases on the junior side. And senior year. Yes. What a crazy thing to realize you can make 40 or 50 grand a year just by meeting other students and doing that. So yeah, for new agents, especially like new college students thinking about doing this, like what a, what a heck of a story in a way, I'm sure some people are going to reach out to you and go like, Hey, so I'm doing that now. What do I do next? Now by your third or fourth year, you did a $1.1 million deal. And all of a sudden you're like, Holy cow. Now that's a, that's a bigger jump. So instead of doing 10 commissions, I'm doing, I'm getting one. How did you make that transition? And then tell us how you went from doing that to the amount of volume that you, so now you've got 20 under contract in 2021. What was that? What were the next few years? So trust me, when I got that referral for the sale, I called the person and I thought they were wanting to rent. They told me, look, my, my budget's one to 3 million. And I was just like, okay, I acted confident. Like, you know, I was like, Hey, I do know what I can show you. Let me just get everything together. I didn't even know what an HOA was when I was a junior. I think I was like 21 and I had no idea, but I did a lot of due diligence and got my client to buy, buy the property that he really loved. So got like a $30,000 check, which was amazing. And then from there, I didn't do another sale until I graduated. And that's when I met Diego Corzo. He's been on the, this podcast, I believe, several times. Yep. And I met him because I really needed a mentor and I didn't want to stay with Housing Scout. That was the leasing agency I was a part of. So I reached out to him. I cold called him. He told me, look, I'm busy. Call me next week. I think he didn't expect me to call him, but I called him back and we talked about our goals and whatnot. And like two weeks later, I was on his team. So that was February of 2020. So last year, about a year ago. Yeah. How did you first learn about Diego? I first learned about Diego because of your podcast and Bigger Pockets podcast. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Diego has been on our, on our podcast several times. So he got interviewed as an agent. We've also had him, uh, as you guys that remember Diego, he was an agent that, uh, that found me the house that I'm sitting in right now in Austin. <laughs> he, had that poor guy. he had to show me and my family probably like 50 houses over a period of about a year. We were from out, you know, every time, told me. <laughs> every time they would come in, we'd fly in from out of state. He'd have to do all these hoops and all these jumping. And 
finally it paid off. And luckily the, the last house we bought was way more than those first houses. He spent so much, so much effort. He's a hustler. Uh, or, you know, he, he is a hustler. So you had heard of him on some podcasts. You're like, all right, this guy is also in Austin. And then you joined his team in February. And then a month later, he told you to come bring me the keys to my house. And the, and the, and you didn't realize, and you, and you didn't realize. Grilling. Yeah, I, I was fan grilling. I was like, no, this <laughs> open the door. And I see Aaron and I'm like, there's no way this is like the Aaron from Real Estate Rockstars. <laughs> the, what a funny small world moment that you've been listening for a long time and then they put two and two together at that, it. at that moment. What was really cool. So right after that, you reached out and you, and you said, hey, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a listener to the podcast. You know, I was there today. I can't believe that, that we didn't get to chat some more. And I said, I can't wait until you get on the podcast. Let's get your volume numbers up and let's get you on here. And then just this week when you reached out, you're like, hey, here's my here's where I'm at now. So 2020, you guys did, you know, 25 sales. I think you said 16 of them were by yourself. Nine of them were with others. So that was for team eight points, yes. team leads. So what's the, what is a team lead? So a team lead is when Diego or Victor essentially hand me off one of their, their leads that they have. And I work with their clients. Okay. So the, and then right now, how many do you have under contract? Under contract, 20 under contract. Wow. And is that mostly as a buyer's agent or a listing agent? So surprisingly, I've done all buyer's agents. So you've got, been- you've got 20 in escrow right now as buyers in a market where every, every house is getting 20 offers on it, right? Yeah. And it's about really pivoting and just being smart about your strategies when you're looking to get an offer accepted. That's very important. What's the average price of the ones you have in escrow? The average price is about 350 Okay. So you so that you've got so you've got 7 million under contract right now. You did 8 million including your team leads in 2020. What's your volume number going to be by the end of 2021? By the end of 2021 with all of the ones that I have under contract. So well, about what's 6 your goal. So right now with the 20 at 6.5, that's the volume. My goal is to help 50 families. I like saying help 50 families because I feel like the like the the perspective of it's just about changing the words and whatnot i'm a big believer in that so helping 50 families as opposed to selling 50 homes that's my goal i love that just that mindset change you know i've interviewed a few people over the last maybe six to nine months that have kind of talked about that you know being able to change the way change the words that you use that reflect on how many lives you're changing, helping, helping the families, you know, really doing that helps that mindset shift helps, helps people work harder and get out of bed. The, you know, the money stuff is nice, but sometimes uh, some, there's, there's some days are hard on real estate agents. And I've heard yeah. plenty, I've, I've heard plenty of them say, Hey, this is not worth the money, but maybe it, if you're helping the families too. Real Estate Rockstars, this is a commercial break from our biggest podcast sponsor we have right now, Rent Ready. It can be fun getting a new real estate deal, but it can be tough managing your properties after the fact, especially if you're long distance investing or trying to manage multiple properties by yourself. That's why we're here to tell you about Rent Ready. Rent Ready is a property management software that not only makes it easier to manage all your real estate deals from one platform, but they also have the best customer service support in the biz. They're an all-in-one app that lets you easily manage properties, collect rent, list units, screen tenants, sign leases, all from your phone or computer. Imagine all of your real estate doors right in your pocket. How awesome is that? The best part is it's so affordable, one flat price for everything. Unlimited properties, tenants, and support with a real live human. And I have to add in there, 
that's a new business model that not a lot of people are doing. There's like this freemium model where people say, hey, you can try this, but as soon as you grow, it's gonna cost you a lot of money. Or they kind of punish you when you get too many emails on your list or too many comments. They aren't gonna punish you when you grow. They're not gonna charge you more when you get 10, 20, 30 rentals. They're gonna charge you the same when you have two or three as they will when you have 50 or 60. So you have a nice fixed cost, all software, all in one place. Check it out, RentReady, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com. And if that's not enough, RentReady is giving our listeners a special code you can use to get a whole year of RentReady for just $54. Use code R-O-C-K-S-T-A-R-50, that's Rockstar50, and sign up for RentReady's annual plan at RentReady.com. Again, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code Rockstar50 to get RentReady for only $54. So how are you getting that many, how many, like how many clients do you have right now? So if you've got 20 in escrow, are you writing offers on hundreds for hundreds of clients or do you have 30 clients and you're just really good at getting your offer accepted? So a lot of my clients have been house hacking clients. Most of my clients are from the ages of like 20 to 30. Okay. I have helped, obviously I have helped families and whatnot. That my niche that I tailored my content to that I do on Instagram has really been house hackers. So a lot of them have been new builds. I believe about 16 are new builds and the others are some high rises that are coming up. And one of them is a home that I just put under contract yesterday. So it's been a lot about new builds, putting the earnest deposit, seeing the house appreciate and just taking advantage of also lender incentives and a lot of other things that new builds offer. Yeah, new builds are kind of some of the only game in town right now out here in the Austin area. Traditionally, they're not in downtown Austin. Traditionally, they're, you know, they're 30, 40, 50 miles away from the city core. And we, But when you're talking house hacking, you're having somebody buy a three or four bedroom house and then rent it out by the room where traditionally, let's say you were going to rent it for 2000 bucks before. If you're not by the room, you can actually rent it for $3,000 per house, whereas it might not cash flow for a regular investor, it cash flows for you. Right? Exactly. That- and and you're essentially taking away that rental, that rent that you would be paying if you were living in an apartment. So it's a huge step towards financial freedom, especially at a young age. So what, what advice would you give people if they're going to go try to buy a new home right now? So what, what should they know? How is that process different when they're buying a new home? Because the when you get a house in escrow, while it's under construction, you're not going to actually get to close on that house for three months from now. Right now in this market, by the time you close, it's worth 20 grand more than it was before. What's the story behind all that? Well, what I do, the advice that I'd offer is definitely to know what to expect in a market. Study the market, first of all, and then also know what your goal is. Is it either appreciation or cash flow? For me, it's cash flow. So from that, knowing that it's cash flow, I know what part of Austin to look in. And I know that I'm going to want a minimum of four beds, two and a half bathrooms. So right off the bat, you have to answer those questions. And then from there, it's just a domino effect. The other questions get answered. For me, it was cash flowing at least $200, living east of I-35. I found that home. I bought it last year for $286,000. And now it's worth about $385,000. Wow. What are the what are the builder warranties like right now? Like, What are the benefits the build, of buying a new home? The builder warranties they're doing is a one two ten. So it's one year of craftsmanship. Let's say that my door isn't closing or my window doesn't close. 
I can call the warranty company and they will fix that. Two years of HVAC plumbing and electricity, and then 10 years of structure and roof. Then there's also lender incentives. If you go with the builder's preferred lender, there's going, they're going to give you about 2% towards closing costs. And they, they might even throw a washer and dryer in the fridge in. Cool. So the, so you use their lender, you get a little bit of extra incentives on that process. You've got that warranty. And is that warranty any different if you are house hacking, if you have renters in place? No, it's not different at all. It's as long as you go through them for the warranty, it won't be void. But if you use someone else, then the builder voids that warranty. Do builders pay the same commission? Some do still pay 3%. Lennar though has started to pay 2%. If you bring them more than one person, they'll pay 2.5 and then 3%. Oh, wow. So if you're only doing one deal with them, they do two. But if you bring them three, they escalate the commission up to make you keep coming back. (laughs) That's that's pretty brilliant, actually. I I mean, I remember when the housing market was crashing, we started paying like buyer agent commissions of like 5%. Yeah. We were doing crazy stuff like in California and in... Like 2007, 2008, the market's starting to fall. We're dropping prices 10 or 20 grand. And we just started going like, hey, buyer's agent commission, five points, six points. We still couldn't even sell them. Like and the, now it's it was, 2%. Yeah. And there's builders that are doing bids now. Like DR Horton, they've done bids. And I've seen homes go for like 100000 over ask. I was going to ask how the builder releases work during these hot times. Because in 2005, that was the last time I experienced a peak as a home builder. And we would release houses. We'd release six or seven at a time. They would sell in that moment. Sometimes there'd be a lottery of signups where you would draw names out of the hat. And then a month later, when your next seven houses were ready, you would do new pricing based on the market. So right now it's like the house is going up a lot. So the, and, and regular houses on the market, they're get, you know, we're getting multiple offers or people are offering over asking. So I was guessing that builder houses, you never had to worry about over asking because they said, here's the price and here it is. But now it's just as competitive, huh? Welcome to Austin. Yeah, no, builders are ruthless. I mean, 10 per every two weeks and fully waived appraisal. So let's say the home's going for 300,000, you bid 350, you have to waive that appraisal in case it doesn't appraise, the home doesn't appraise that value. And you also have to put the earnest deposit of the difference from the original price and the bid price. Dude, that's a trip. <laughs> yeah. That's a the insane. That is insane. I mean, the market is insane everywhere. So do you have any in escrow right now that aren't new construction? So, well, would a, would a high rise downtown be considered a new no, construction? No. Is it something that they, is it one of those it, things? It that hasn't been do? finished yet. Okay. So it's, um, so it's all new construction. So everything you have going on right now, you've got a high one, rise. Yesterday, actually, uh, under contract for for a home very close to downtown. That was yesterday. Just got into escrow, so that's one. <laughs> cool. It's not a new build. <laughs> tell me about. So tell me about the high rise. What was that? Problem? The high rise. What is so that? So the high rise was one of my one of my really good friends from UT. He reached out because I post a lot of stories on social media. That's kind of like like number one way to get clients. Post a lot on social media. He let me know. He's like, Andres, I love your content. I'd like you to help me find a high rise. We're looking for plenty of high rises. We did plenty of tours. We found a high rise that is very interesting concept. It's called the Nativo. And this high rise, they do an Airbnb concept. Usually condos don't allow Airbnbs, but this condo is zoned as a hotel. So they do allow Airbnbs while you're living there as an owner occupant. 
So let's say my buddy leaves for two weeks. The condo, the Nativo, they will take care of everything that has to do with Airbnb. Once my buddy comes back, it's an owner-occupant again. It's a concept that could either be great or could might be shitty, you know? Like, I don't really know how it's going to go. And I told them, it's important to set the right expectations. I told them, this could potentially be a home run or maybe not. He wanted to go for it. So we put it under contract for like 925000 Dude, what a concept having a condo project. That's like the timeshares mm. that you can do where people are like, hey, that you could buy the timeshare and come stay here for two or three weeks. Or when you're out of town, we'll just rent it out for you. And so the so that's it's being able to do an Airbnb without the management. That really could turn out to be a cool next level kind of hybrid sort of property when they do that. So what about the one you got in escrow yesterday? How did you get your offer accepted on a house? Like, were there multiple offers on it? Were you first? Did you did you sell them a so kid? What, what did you do? The, this one, a beautiful home in the 78704 zip code. That's right below downtown. The home was listed for $2.22 million. And for me, it's very important. Build rapport with the agent. Once my client lets me know I like a home, I will give the agent a call and let them know kind of our situation. And then in a market like Austin, it's very important to be like, you know what, at what price point are we considered competitive? And then I feel like I've heard this a lot, but just be quiet instead of kind of telling the agent things that they just don't want to hear. You just have to be quiet, ask a question and be quiet. So I really listened to the agent, build great rapport. We ended up getting the home for 2.165 million. There had been a cash offer. They decided to not follow through with that cash offer. So we're the only bid. Beautiful house. And thankfully, we didn't have to compete, which was pretty surprising. Maybe it was due to the price point. But in Austin, you'd expect plenty of competition for almost any home. Dude, there's cool. There's a few cool pieces in that. So I mean, so Daniel Del Real, we interviewed him a few weeks ago when we had the four superstars on here talking about getting your offer accepted. And he, and he talked about some of that. He talked about like the building rapport and then asking the question and then shutting your mouth, like waiting for the answer, letting them talk. Because as salespeople, it's really easy for us to keep going. Like I get uncomfortable <laughs> if there's quiet. If I ask a question, it's quiet. I get uncomfortable. I want to start talking. Yeah. Like that's why I can do a pod- podcast interviews. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, <laughs> even when I'm asking questions, I say too much. So so $2.2 million house There's a couple of things that people might be shocked of that it didn't sell for over asking, that there wasn't multiple offers on it, that you actually got it for below asking, even though there, there were other people on there. How long was that one on the market? About 44 days. Okay. So you knew, so, so part of that was it had been on the market for a little bit. So you felt like, Hey, we can, we can ask, had you not called a VA and loan and a VA loan. So that is pretty rare. If you're competing against other offers, Having a VA loan is very strict process. So thankfully, I was able to get this one for my clients, with, even with a VA loan. It, by you calling the agent, you probably say, I mean, you saved your clients 40 grand or maybe 100 grand, right? By calling the agent and getting a, getting a hey, what ballpark do we need to be in? Now you found out, all right, we need to be in that 2.16. 2.16 will be competitive. Let's do it. The, I mean, you saved them 40 grand, maybe saved them $100,000, that simple phone call. Now, not every house is that big of a swing, but it really goes down to right now, building rapport with those agents, making sure that you make the phone calls and not assuming that you're going to lose out, you know, right yes, away. Like it doesn't assuming, hurt if you don't ask. That's, that's so important. I remember when I was cold calling, I, I don't cold call anymore, but when I was cold calling, 
my mindset was really, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bother these people, and I don't want to do this. But when the mindset shift to like, you know what, if I don't help them out, an agent that doesn't really know what they're doing is gonna help them out, and they listed this and they really want to sell. That's when that mindset shift really helped me to, to be better at cold calling. Yeah. So let's do some fire round questions at the end. What was the, what's the number one way you survived 2020? Like the number it- one way I survived 2020 was really being an educator. I educated a lot of my people, a lot of the people that follow me on Instagram and breaking those limiting beliefs that at, at my age, I'm 24, that a lot of people think you can't buy a house at that age. So I posted my story a lot on social media. A lot of my leasing clients had followed me as well. So those past four years as a leasing agent really helped me. And I mean, educating people. Once I bought my home, a lot of my friends were like, dude, can I do it as well? And I'd educate them. And a lot of my friends that were at UT have bought. And it's just been amazing seeing what they've been doing with house hacking. Right. Because you, I mean, even though you've been an agent for five years, really your first big year was 2020. Starting March. Yeah, I started full time March 2020. So you start full-time March, 2020, then COVID shuts the world down. We have a ton of, we have a ton of listeners <laughs> out there that the, the rest of 2020, they had a really, really rough year and, and having somebody be able to start during that time and still be successful. So you said one, one of your biggest secrets was, you know, was just education, using social media, educating people, getting out there that got you more leads and had people come to you. I also think one thing that maybe not a lot of people take into account that for me is the most important thing has been my morning routine. The Miracle Morning by, you know, Hal Elrod. I'm a huge, huge Hal Elrod fan. I read that book and it really changed my life. Like the morning routine for me was something that I needed because in order to be the best possible educator or source of information for people, I needed to be at peace with myself, quote unquote. And it also had to be like some inner inner development that I needed before I could go and help other people out. So the morning routine for me has probably been the most important thing that I've changed ever since I started as a full-time agent. Dude, that's awesome. I love Hal. The same thing. Hal's a great, great friend of mine now, but the first time I got to meet him, I got to tell him, Hey, your book changed my life, man. Like back in 2013, my businesses had kind of failed because I was in a market where it was now too competitive. I went from lots of money to zero. And I was like trying to get, climb my way back out of that. I read the miracle morning, started using, doing that all the time. So, I mean, I will say, say it right now, anybody listening out there that is having a slump or has been having a slump the last three months, the last six months, don't quite know how to make it happen right now. Go buy Hal's book, buy the miracle morning, read that book, apply that for 60 days. And I guarantee you'll see big, big changes. I'm glad that you brought that up because that is one of the things right now that I think is a, is a secret, like a secret of our life has been so weird the last year. And having to get mindset and like, it's tough to stay motivated. It's tough to like get up and do things when you're, when you're also like living groundhogs day. So what's, how about like, is there any big lesson you learned over the past year? And that could be personal. That could be, that could be about real estate. That could be about the world, the economy, anything. Something big that I learned is that I love this quote and it's really like a mindset type of quote that might sound a little corny, but it's true. So it's really your, your, your state of life is nothing other than your state of mind. And I've been practicing so much on mindset and it really is whatever you're thinking inside of your head will be your life. So one thing as well, I read a book called extreme ownership and 
I know some situations can be crazy with COVID and whatnot. And I really believe though, it's about taking extreme ownership. COVID is happening, but there's always a way to pivot and make sure that you're getting about the same business, if not more. If you're just knowing that, okay, I'm going to take extreme ownership and everything comes on to me at the end of the day. Yeah. I like that extreme ownership. That is a focusing on what you can control kind of goes into that extreme ownership too. During, during times when it's really, when life is really crazy, being able to say like, Hey, I'm responsible for this part of it. And this is the part that I can change. And this is what I can't, even if it's just mindset or even if it's just going, Hey, I'm just not going to watch the news today because that part is too depressing. So how about as we look forward to 2021, first quarter is almost over. You're crushing it right now. Like, I mean, you're on pace to do 80 transactions this year. <laughs> your goal is to do 50. Dude, I super hope you get like 80 or hundred and really blow your stuff out of the water. It's getting harder and harder with how competitive the market's getting. But what do you think your number one way to succeed during 2021 is going to be? When you look at your, your goals right now, like how are you going to hit your goals? What are you going to, what are you going to be doing? What's your trick? So for me, it's really, it's really been being on podcasts and people reaching out through that. Also, just the things that I put up on Instagram. I also have a blog post that I write on. And like I said, I educate people. So I believe from that referral based is going to be huge. Most of our, well, all of our business in the Nino team is referral based. We've never paid Zillow. We've never paid Facebook ads or anything we helped about 150 plus families this past year and thankfully got number one team in our market center, all referral based. So it's just a testament to doing a great job. And from there, people trusting you, which is the most important thing in real estate. And from there, just helping people achieve their goals. So I really think referrals and sphere of influence will still be the main ways that I could potentially reach my goal of 50 families helped 50 plus families. Yeah. I saw the picture of you guys all holding your trophies for biggest team oh, in the yeah. market center. Diego <laughs> sent me exciting. a text. I was super, super stoked for all of you guys, especially in such a busy market center. It's a huge market center to do so well, like you said, without ads. So you are making a whole bunch of content on Instagram. Plus you have a blog you know, so as you're out there sharing it, you're trying to create this kind of evergreen content. Now, when you do that, are you the authority on how to buy a house? Are you an authority on how to do the, the hacks, the house hacks or what? Or is it everything real estate that you share? Everything real estate. I mean, I share many, many tips maybe on house hacking whenever I'm doing a final walk. I have a coach through Tom Ferry, actually, actually Patrick Ferry, and he's been, he's been amazing. He's my coach and he, him and Diego Corzo really taught me that it's not really about the end product, but the whole process through which you want to educate people because sometimes I would just post on all oh, closing that people really want to see, look, getting into escrow. What does that mean? Option period. And then the inspection and then the appraisal, they want to see the whole process. So I started doing that. And that's when everything really started picking up because I remember in, in hindsight, when I was starting to get clients, I didn't want to cold call, but I, I knew that whenever I'm scared of anything, I need to face it head on. So I was like, you know what? Let me cold call. I cold called for a bit, did not like it. So I had a shift and that shift really was sphere of influence, Instagram, and funny enough, podcasts, because with podcasts, I would, I would, I remember I wrote like two, parag two paragraphs and I would change it every time. 
because I would send that to podcasts and be like, this is why you should have me on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I got my first podcast. And then from there, I became better. The first podcast, I was so nervous. I think it was, it wasn't the best podcast. And if I listened to it, I would just laugh at it. But I got better. And from there, it just started picking up because I was reaching out to people on your podcast as well, actually, Real Estate Rockstars. I remember reaching out to about five or seven people and really wanting to educate myself on how to become the best agent. So this was like March of when I started and I just cold called them. I know I remember I called Danny Burgess and mm-hmm. we're really good friends now. I called him as like, dude, I love your podcast. What do you recommend for an agent that's starting? <laughs> yeah. It was insane. That's how I would get educated as well as with my mentors. Your listeners, you got to hear that, right? So he, he listened to people on the podcast. At the end of it, everybody says, this is how you get a hold of me. He actually would get a hold of the people and like say, hey, here, people. <laughs> here's my story. How can you help me? A year later, you're absolutely crushing it and you're on here, especially really in your second year of being an active agent that's buying and selling properties. Right now, it's your, a buyer's agent for everything. So what a cool cool stories to be able to, to push that through too, as you get there. So, you know, what is, you have any like favorite technologies you guys are using right now? As in like real estate related? Like it could be an app. It could be a Google calendar. Like it could be oh, uh, a huge yeah. Google calendar person. And then also journaling. I know it's not an app, but the full focus journal by Michael Hyatt. I, that's like my Bible. I do all my affirmations there. My morning routine is there. I scribe there. I love it. Michael Hyatt Journal Full Focus really helps me focus. <laughs> it's been yeah. a great asset for me. That's awesome. That's a great piece of technology. And I want to jump back to you. one of the things that you said on when you were making that content, you said it's not just about the finished product. It's about the whole process. And so agents out there, if you are struggling to build up that social media and figure out what to share or do your first story or your first post or anything, just sharing the process. Like, hey, I'm here with the home inspector and this is what we're doing. Hey, you know, I'm here yeah. doing the final walkthrough here. I'm putting blue tape out for the construction walkthrough right now. Like just everything along there, sharing all the steps along the way, people get excited. I think you probably also build authority that way. And then they're like, okay, then your friend that you went to school with years ago says, hey, um, you're an agent. I can see that you're really good at this. You're teaching me about the process. I'm comfortable with you as an agent. Let me have you be my agent. So any predictions for the real estate market for 2021? So the, do you think house, do you think prices are going to keep going up? You think they're going to crash and go down? You think we're going to run out of houses? With what Elon Musk said about Austin and then just Tesla, they haven't even finished their Gigafactory. Oracle announced that their HQ is here in Austin. I don't really think there's anything slowing Austin down. Now, obviously that's speculation. Mm-hmm. The market is showing that it won't be slowing down though in the near future. I seriously think that homes have been appreciating like 20% over the past year. And it's really very much so in a year or two, are you going to be looking at the home prices right now and regretting not buying? Given that you have the money, obviously, but that's how I would see it. Dude, I had the craziest thing happen this week. So I have a, I bought a house at auction a year, well, 18 months ago. Oh, I loved your book, by the way. The, uh, Thank you. The I bought a house at auction in Hayes County out here in Buda, just south of Austin, for 175000 uh, bucks 18 months ago. We At the time, I asked Open Door for an offer. Open Door gave me an offer of like 210 something like that. I didn't take it. We kept it as a rental. So we still own it. Open Door sent me an email three days ago 
me figure out what this amount was. And I totally hadn't asked them for it, right? If I'm ready for the amount. (laughs) Yeah, dude. So the so I get an email March 25th. Oh no, that was when they said it expired. So it was on March 19th. I have not asked for this. They said, "Hi, Ambic. The housing market is heating up, and based on recent trends, your open door preliminary offer for your house on Kings Ridge has been updated." Click here. Your new offer price four hundred four thousand one hundred dollars. Oh so eighteen months later, the they their offer went from like two ten two fifteen to four hundred and four. Four hundred and in Buda, almost almost twice what they offered me eighteen months ago. The, and to put it into perspective, Buda for the people that don't know is pretty far away from downtown Austin. Yeah, it is not. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my it, god, it's not premium. I couldn't believe so. Open door is back trying now that they're either going to get hurt because of doing crazy stuff like this. But I tell you what, I had not thought about selling that house. I had a renter in there. I had no, I had, I hadn't been thinking it. I got the offer that said, Hey, this is how much we'd offer you. I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, Whoa, I should sell that house. I should sell that house right now. Can I, you know, can I ask the, can I pay the tenant to leave? So maybe that's going to be a hack out there just for, I was going to share this on the state of the market but something fun today, just because you kind of know the area too, is agents, maybe we should just start sending people offers that says, you know, we everyone gets the letters that say, hey, do you want to sell your house? Hey, do you want to sell your house? What if we get some clients where you start blind offering people and saying, hey, we will pay you $404,000 for your house. I have a buyer that's ready to close next month. Here is your offer in hand. Because I tell you what, I did I had no, I did not want to deal with Open Door. I did not want to sell them that property. And yeah, now I, I, got that, I got that email. And that price jumped out to me so hard. I'm like, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, I should sell them my house. So crazy, crazy Absurd. stuff. So, so you said prices are going up 20% every year. It's in some places. I mean, that's a silly, silly amount uh, that so they wanted to do that. City of Austin has been about 22.5. Yeah. Metro the, is around 21%. We have less than a month of inventory right now in Austin. So last thing. So. What it, so I asked you before, like, what advice would you have given yourself that you wish you had known at the beginning? Now, part of that was maybe different industry. So if you're going to be talking to agents that are going to be buyer's agents or seller's agents uh, in their first year, does your advice change on what you would, what, what you would tell a first year agent? Well, I think for me, it would be if, if I would, if, if I could go back, it would really very much so be narrowed down to two ways of uh, getting clients and also really know who your target audience is because you don't want to be all over the place. Whenever I'm on Instagram, my target audience are people that are between 20 and 30 years old that are going to be house hacking from there. Everything will spread, but it's very important to have your avatar and you tailor all of your content towards that person. And from there you'll be seeing with consistency, you'll be seeing a lot of results dude the uh this has been a great interview man i am so pumped that you got to come on the show as all of you listeners you need to know i mean you've i'm sure you've heard me say it before but my favorite people to interview are people that started listening to this podcast when they were new and now they're crushing it i also love interviewing people that are taking it to the next level we've got so many different you know types of people that get that would come in and listen and so if you've been around a year you know, getting those tips for there. If you've gone from, you know, 20 units and you're trying to get to 50, well, then we're also going to be able to teach you about some of that stuff. But I love getting to have listeners 
come on the show and get to get interviewed. So if you're a listener and you've been listening for a while and you think now is your time to get interviewed, be sure to reach out to me on Instagram, uh, just like Andres did, so we can get him out here. Again, it was so fun to get to meet you in, in person. We get to chat on social media now all the time. But for the people now that want to find you, they want to come follow you on social, they want to call you, they want to email you, what's the best way you want them to get a hold of you? So Facebook, Andres Bustamante. Or you can do Instagram, which is what I use the most. It's A-N-D-R-E-S-B-U-S-T-A-T-X. Andres Busta T-X. Cool. And then you also, I think you're going to send me something over for the toolbox, right? For everybody, yes, right? We're it's talking about already on the toolbox. So it's really about house hacking and breaking that down for if anybody has any clients with house hacking or if anyone's looking to house hack. And then also determining your house hacking strategy, which is probably the most important thing. Awesome. And those are the two articles. Cool. So it's like a, so that that'll be included in our in our toolbox. So anyone that's looking for that, you know, every guest that we bring on here, they provide something of value that they use in their business that you can use in yours. To get that, go to hybendigital.com, click toolbox link at the top, get a copy of that. Reach out to this guy. He definitely knows what he's doing and he can't wait for you to reach out. Thanks again for coming on the show, man. This was awesome. Real estate rock stars. Thanks for listening. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents. And we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate how to get the listing how to negotiate deals you know how to become an investor all sorts of different stuff rebusuniversity.com and if you want to chat with me go find me on instagram if you come find me on instagram you can send me messages tell me what you want to hear tell me what you liked what you didn't like we try to put a bunch of content out there too you can find me in two different places it's at rerockstars.com for our real estate rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.